0: Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, August twenty-fourth, twenty twenty one, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts Lavendar Dar and Anastasia. Our special guest this evening is Tara Keokahi-Mu, and she is a galactic shaman who has been actively unfolding her galactic missions on the planet since 2017. The remembrance, the activations, the galactic demonstrations, the timing and access to her cosmic bank accounts, the deep and intensive human meat suit work, as she calls it, which is deep personal work and true ownership of self, Deepening in self-love and true embodiment while in a unique cosmic hermit-like incubation all led her to deep and clear knowingness of being a truth anchor for the planet, enabling a completely different radio station than the current 3D radio station that people are tuning into for the planet to truly be free. She has been called to different parts of the world to unfold galactic assignments of all sorts, serving as a planetary humanitarian, which was a part of her galactic training into the up-leveled version of being a galactic shaman for this new planetary transformation. She recently finished a two-plus-year full-time nomad assignment after being galactically informed to put her things in storage in Hawaii and spend more time on the mainland U.S. Tara is here to illuminate truth in all ways, to inspire and innovate the new movement for the epic transformation of this planet, to clarify and debunk much of the misaligned and not-truths on the planet so that humanity can truly know how to rise with more clarity, strength, and inspiration, to deeply connect humanity back to Earth, nature, the environment through self-love and love. Tara is putting out the galactic beeping call for her Starseed soul family support to come forth in assisting her with the next stage of galactic assignments. Tara is also a Starseed Quest alumni. And if this has deep resonance for you at this moment in time, you can feel free to email Tara at starseedshaman3, that's the numeral 3, at gmail.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy, Jada, and Fiona for hosting the Switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's continual dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here and you'll get our bi-weekly show notices if you enable those. Our main website is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one Zoom session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, Emerald, Miara, Riley, or myself and they are also available for stage 2 sessions. So you can have a starseed consultation in a matter of weeks rather than months. Um, So remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you're going to get a window of 10 hours of power. You can find out exactly when that happens and how to make the most of it by requesting your solar return timing. And that takes usually less than a week. And if you want the starseed, I mean the stage 2 interpretation of that chart, We are all available and um, you'll need to get that request in ahead of your 10 hours. So first up tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia as soon as I get this screen to cooperate with the Starseed News.
1: Hello, everybody. Great to have you back. I've missed you. It's good to be with you. We have lots of news tonight. And let's start out with a story about science, kind of, sort of science, history, archaeology. It's fun. Archaeologists in England have unearthed a long-lost monastery that was presided over by a powerful Anglo-Saxon queen. Her name was Queen Sinorist. She led the monastery after her husband's death, An archaeologist from UK's University of Reading have discovered the site of an ancient Anglo-Saxon place ruled by this queen, also a royal abbess. She is believed to have taken over the monastery after the death of her husband, Mercian King Offa. I remember learning in history about this Mercian king, and it was the year 796. It is believed that the two of them ruled together, with the famed King Charlemagne addressing them jointly in his surviving letters. She is the only woman of the period to be depicted on a coin, which is a sign of her power and influence. Uh, They say despite uh, its documented royal associations, hardly anything is known about what life was like at this monastery, uh, because they didn't have archaeological evidence before, but now they do. They have uncovered timber from the buildings, artifacts left behind by its inhabitants, including bronze bracelets. Uh, Jewelry of various kinds, pottery, cooking vessels, and believe it or not, food remains. Very interesting. And they're still digging. Who knows what they will find a little bit deeper than that. And continuing our UK theme, there's something really interesting. Manchester City is the first to offer soccer fans edible coffee cups. Well, they are soccer crazy in England. I mean, come on. The U.K. loves their soccer. And the soccer league has begun again. And despite the pandemic, they're asking fans to come back to the stands after many months of empty stadiums. Now, while fans might be very thirsty to see the the teams play, they're also thirsty for the concession stands, which usually make a ton of money. But they say there's a huge amount of waste generated at each game. In the U.K. alone... They say that an estimated 7 million coffee cups were used each game, which amounts to 2.5 billion cups annually that are tossed into the trash. So to reduce the waste that's generated by soccer fans alone, Manchester City is serving hot drinks and edible coffee cups, and that is really amazing. These are almost 8-ounce cups. They hold coffee, tea, hot chocolate, and they're made of a wafer that remains crispy for at least half the duration of the game, they say. That's very important, don't you know? And it's leak-proof for up to 12 hours. To prevent the bottom of the edible cup from touching any surfaces, that might be questionable, the lower half of the cup is wrapped in recycled paper that can also be recycled again after the cup is been eaten. It is called Bio- or was created by a company called BioBite and it was invented by students at the University of Aberdeen. And they say it's a tasty, crunchy, fully organic alternative to all disposable trash-cluttering coffee cups. Pretty cool, huh? Now, the wafer wow. contains no sugar, wax, or artificial coatings. It's comprised of seven natural vegan ingredients, which is mainly wheat flour. Be careful if you're allergic to gluten. But oat bran and water. And it has a special uh, heat treatment process that can withstand temperatures up to 185 degrees Fahrenheit. People who've tried it says it t- t- tastes like a thin cookie, Dunkin' Coffee. They're only about 100 calories, and even if you don't want to eat the cup, they ensure that the cup will be disposed of on site in a compost, which the club, soccer club, uses to create organic compost as part of its peat-free commitments. So there you go. How creative. Amazing what yeah. people can come up with. How fun. And the picture of it online looked kind of like um, ice cream cones that are waffle cones. Is kind of what it looked like. All right. And let's talk about waste, since we talked about so many coffee cups going into the uh, garbage. There is a company, a couple actually, who started an ocean cleaning movement uh, from their home base in Cornwall. And uh, their home base is... uh, Let's see. It's an old, old building. I don't know what that has to do with the story. Oh, I'm sorry. It's an old boat. It's a 113-year-old boat, a 55-ton former icebreaker that's been specially designed now to move and navigate through ice-covered waters. Well... To continue with the story, they launched something called Clean Ocean Sailing about four years ago. And that is an initiative that unites sailors, surfers, swimmers, and divers who love the ocean so much that they want to clean out hard-to-reach plastic and trash from the water of the oceans. And so far, these people, this couple, have coordinated more than 300 volunteers to help clean the ocean. Now, their icebreaker, this huge boat functions as a mobile base camp from which teams can disembark in flotillas of smaller boats to access the hard-to-reach parts of the coastline and to clean out as much litter as they can reach. They call themselves a rapid response unit that allows people to send them a photograph or a location, and then they send out about 20 volunteers who are ready to pick up what they call ghost gear before it gets washed out to sea again on the next tide. They are on it, man. They don't want it to go back out into the water. They say they found fish crates and fishing gear from South Africa, China, South, and North America. He said, it's crazy, the stuff we find. And since they began this group, guess what they have taken out of the water? 250,000 pieces of plastic, which is over 50 tons of waste. Now, they continue their work. They recycle approximately 85% of this, and a portion of what's collected gets melted down and made into smaller pellets, at the Ocean Recovery Project in Exeter before being donated back as recycled sea kayaks. Recycled sea kayaks. It can be used to find and collect more litter. awesome. Awesome. Now, here's one for you. How many of you, depending on how old you are, have heard stories or maybe yourselves have stashed money in the freezer? Huh? tell you the truth my mother used to do that many years ago she was quite smug about it she kept her extra cash in a bag of uh i think it was actually peas in the freezer well here's a story this woman must have known my mother because a trash company has found twenty five thousand dollars stashed in a discarded freezer and guess what they did they tracked down the owners to return the cash Uh, An Ohio family accidentally threw out their grandma's treasure into the trash can. And then when they found out what was in it, it wasn't very funny. Unbeknownst to her relatives, the kidlets, Granny had stashed $25,000 in cold hard cash in her freezer. And when they were helping her out, cleaning out the refrigerator, her kinfolk accidentally tossed out this tidy sum along with the outdated frozen vegetables. It was only after the fact that the old lady remembered to warn her family, oh, by the way, don't throw out that envelope with the money in it, but by then, it was too late. The garbage had been collected, and her nest egg was on its way to the landfill. Frantically, the family reached out to the company called Republic Solid Waste Services to see if there was any way their grandma's missing savings could be retrieved. Well, the trash company said that would depend on whether or not the truck had already arrived at the landfill because nowadays when the trucks offload at the dump site, it's going to be a lost cause because the bulldozers immediately start smoothing it out. They push it into the hill, dropping dirt on it, and start covering it up in the process of the landfill. This is according to the people at the garbage company. They said, we do that in a nonstop process, so if it got dropped there, no finding it anymore. Well, luckily, the man at the garbage company was able to track down the driver who had yet to make the drop-off. Oh, my gosh. The truck was diverted to a nearby recycling center where a six-ton cargo of garbage was disgorged on the tarmac. They dumped the truck out, and a crew of ten stalwart garbage workers immediately began sifting through that mess a mountain of refuse in search of the buried cache. And find it they did in record time. It only took them 10 minutes. Oh. They were able to find the envelope with the money. The family was so happy they started to cry. The news, the uh, garbage representative spokesman said, it's rare that we can find something for somebody. So this was like the biggest one ever. And, uh, well, you know, while it's great the story has a happy ending, they say uh, it doesn't hurt to advise relatives of older people that, They do often have a habit of hiding money in strange places. So if you're helping to clear out an older person's house, be sure to proceed with caution. By the way, everybody knows that money doesn't expire, so it would really be a shame to throw that out. And they didn't, they got it back anyway. So, wow, what a story. That's wonderful. Yeah, in my household that would have been, uh, (laughs) anyway, Mom used to hide her her money in the peas. Yeah, that's true, she did. Very smug that no one would ever find it. And by the way, many years later, many, many years later, I read somewhere, in an article somewhere, that said the first place a burglar looks is in your freezer for your money. That's the first place they look. Mother thought she was being clever and nobody would ever find it. But apparently, you know, a lot of people put their money in the freezer. And burglars know that, and that's the first place they go. So there, word to the wise. And if your burglar doesn't get it, your kids might. So find a different place to stash your money. All right. Well, here is a story, guys. It's uh, a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Um, When I was a child, very young, I had relatives that lived in the Pacific Islands. Uh, And uh, they used to send things like uh, oysters in cans. And at that time, I was fascinated with pearls and how pearls grew. And I could imagine as a child being rich, you know, finding a very special pearl. Well, sure enough, these oysters that came from Islands, which was very unfamiliar to me. I lived in Alchester. That's where I grew up. You know, There was no, no sea diving there. And anyway, the cans of uh, oysters had pearls in them. It was really fun to find a pearl. Okay, let's move the story on. The story is about a fisherman who has found a rare milo pearl in his seafood lunch. And I'm not going to tell you how much it is until we get to the end of the story. This guy's a crab fisherman. And, uh, by the way, this pearl is orange. It's gorgeous. It kind of looks like an egg yolk. Uh, it's very rare, and it's a Milo pearl. And he's 40 years old, and he took home this large sea snail that he caught while trawling for crabs in Thailand. So he wanted to have lunch. He boiled the seafood, but while he was slicing off the cooked meat, he hit on something hard, and there it was, this bright yellow-orange pearl. Well, he took that over to his younger brother, who checked the internet and said, "Hey, it might be a really, really worthwhile."
0: Anastasia, we lost base. you. Uh, oh, it okay. Did. Get your phone cut out.
1: Oh, really? Holy oh, cow! Oh, you're back
0: now. How much you're did back you miss? Now. <laughs> How much did you miss?
1: Um, he get, uh, they looked it up on the internet. Okay. All right. Good. Well, anyway. Uh, the gem uh, was found out uh, to be worth, are you ready, $350,000.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk, let's change referrals to sapphire, shall we? This is a story for you. Uh, how many of you have ever farmed? I mean, any really anybody out there really, really farming? It's really hard work. I mean, it's hard, hard work if you really do it right. And it's hard enough being a farmer, but... It's really hard to pull a half-ton sapphire out of the ground when you're digging a well. Then it's not only really hard work, but it's pretty incredible. A farmer found a boulder containing a cluster of 2.5 million carats in star sapphires that was unearthed while he was digging a well in Sri Lanka. It was pale blue. They have given it the name Serendipity Sapphire. It's worth $140 million dollars. How about that? How about oh that? Uh, uh, two and a half million carats. It's a boulder. They show it on the Internet. I challenge you to look it up. A sapphire. There it is. He, well, he was digging a well. He found it. It's got to be one of the biggest sapphires ever found, maybe the biggest. And they say it's like the Baja, Bahia Emerald. It was also an enormous half-ton stone made up of uh, several other sapphires or, excuse me, emeralds, all in a cluster. And this was one big, huge sapphire made of other sapphires connected with other minerals. Enormous. What a find. And in Sri Lanka, you know, they're not exactly wealthy there. That That's a game changer. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about science for a minute. Fasten your seatbelt. I think this is terribly gross. Let's see what you think about it. How many of you like potatoes? Everybody likes potatoes, don't we? A lot of people, yeah. not everybody can eat them. But potatoes are the staple of life, right? Well, scientists have now found that using proteins linked to obesity in humans will create, that's fat cells, by the way, creates crops that grow 50% more. And this is according to a new study from the University of Chicago, Peking University, and another school in China, which I can't say, Chisu, I guess. Well, they started inserting a gene linked to human obesity and fat, into crops, vegetable crops, that will make them grow bigger and fatter. They're modifying plant RNA in a strategy to improve plant growth and crop yield. And that study has just come out in the journal Nature. So, Uh, I don't know. Maybe we might want to skip to potatoes in the future unless we grow our own. So, something to think about. I mean, that's just... That just strikes me very crosswise. Why do we need potatoes that are made fat, human fat cells? Let's just eat potatoes the way they normally. Wow. I'm thinking it's awfully twisted in the world these days, just awfully backwards. Do you have an electric car? Well, GM just recalled every single Chevy Bolt electric vehicle ever made, and fixing their battery defects is going to cost $1.8 billion. Now, nobody wants to drive a car that will just combust or catch fire outside of the engine. And that's why GM is recalling every single Chevrolet Bolt ever made. This includes the all-new, all-electric vehicle models, which recalls following concerns surrounding a manufacturing defect in the batteries. The defect could lead to fire erupting from the batteries, so owners are cautioned to keep their cars outside. Don't put them in the garage. Uh, and keep your battery power at or below 90%. More than 142,000 of GM's sub-Chevy Bolts have defective batteries. If you have one, you've probably already been informed. If you're thinking about buying one, well, that's why I shared the story with you today, to make sure you knew what was going on. Wow. It's swimming season. It is the peak of summer in Italy and swimmers are flocking to the beaches and lakes, pandemic be forgotten, and the lifeguards are keeping everyone safe by bringing in some much needed assistance right now who are the masters of a swimming exercise we all call dog paddling, and something that shouldn't come as a surprise. We might think that a good lifeguard would never dog paddle, but the fact is these lifeguards happen to be dogs. That's right, in Italy, an elite squad of 300 Specially trained canines has been successfully keeping beachgoers safe with their jobs as lifeguards. And these life-saving doggies recently rescued 14 bathers struggling in high wind and waves at sea near a beach between Naples and Rome. They got uh, into the water. There, were three, there was a group of people got, who got into trouble 330 feet off the shore on Sunday The group was made of three families, including eight children between the ages of six and twelve. They were struggling to get back to the shore after their dinghies and surf equipment started to fail in strong winds and waves. When the group started getting into hardship, couldn't get back to the shore, a family member on the beach began calling for help and captured the attention of the three dog units that were standing in wait. Now, this this dog school or this dog group patrols about 30 Italian beaches with 300 dog units. They each have one dog and one trainer. And along with the help of the lifeguards at nearby beaches, the three dogs named Eros, Maya, and Mira successfully brought the group to shore in about 15 minutes. And according to the lifeguards there, these dogs are fundamentally important in Italy's lifeguard rescues. Especially when it comes to rescuing a multitude of people, since big groups are too much for just a couple of lifeguards to handle. So that is 14 people rescued by three dogs. Wow! Story. And here our last story for tonight. I, you know, this is a head scratcher, really. When you're when I read the headline, I thought, I don't know about this. So I'm going to share it with you, and I want you to think about it. It's interesting. It's touching kind of confounding. Um, a teenager happened to have rescued a bumblebee. Uh, and she says now it's a pet. It follows her everywhere and even sleeps in a little lid by her bed, like a jar lid. It all started a couple of weeks ago when the girl, 13 years old, spotted this pretty big, it's a big bumblebee. It was lying in the road while while she was walking her dog. She found it. She scooped up the bee and noticed it had a crumpled wing. Well, she tried to put it in a safer spot, like some flowers, but it refused to stay put. It kept buzzing back over to her, crawling all over her, and after an hour, she gave up, and she headed home with the bee perched on her shoulder. And despite repeated attempts to leave the bug outside, (laughs) this furry friend had refused to leave her side. The bee is now recovered. The girl named her Betty. It follows her to the shops and even stays with her during games at the bowling alley with 14 other friends. She sits on Lacey during the game. Lacey's the girl's name. She sits on the girl throughout both games for two and a half hours. The girl said, I'm so happy. I just love spending my time with her. She's so fluffy, and I love our friendship. On the way home, uh, wherever she's walking, the bee is perched on her glasses the bee stays with her when she goes into stores, grocery stores. It shocks other shoppers. It's a, like I said, it's a big bee. I mean, it's big. Can't help but see it. And the, the bee even loves to eat Lacey's food. It shares it with her. But, but the, the girl gives her sugar water, gives the bee sugar water, honey, and strawberry jam. She takes her little friend to the garden to feast on flower nectar. And as soon as the girl goes back inside, the bee follows her inside the house. And at night the bee sleeps in a little pot beside her bed and there's no lid, but the bee will stay put till morning. And during the day she nestles on the back of the girl's neck or inside her sleeve between buzzes around the living room. The mother said this is just lovely and it's kind of crazy. The bee climbs in her hair like it's some kind of jungle. She's on her ninety percent of the time during the day, including her face, her glasses and even between her toes. It's so beautiful. It's just gorgeous. And apparently, according to the girl, Betty the bee loves to have a stroke between the wings. But she will have nothing to do with the rest of the family, neither the mother, nor the father, nor the two other siblings. She's hooked on the girl. And that's where she stays. Wow. Uh, Wow is right. What a story. You all know I love bees. And and that's just, I I find that quite contemplative. There's, there's, a, there's a deeper meaning in this. And so I will end tonight's program with the news, I mean the news part of it, uh, uh, with this. And, you know, it's related to this story I just read to you. Uh, to believe in immortality is one thing, but it is first needful to believe in life. And that, from Robert Louis Stevenson. And I find that during these difficult times, many, many people are not believing in life enough. Many, many people want to exit or ascend or do something else, anything but be here. And yet, this is the opportunity. As much as we find this world difficult, as much as we find life hard, as much as we want a way out sometimes, you know, life is the gift. Life is the opportunity. Life is the beauty. Life is a meaning, and sometimes we think too much about what comes next and not enough about all the beauty and the wonder all around us all of the time. So I hope that you'll think about the bee named Betty and the little girl named Lacey and the meaning that came to this child in this life, in this moment, from this earth, with a wonderful story for all of us not to give up and really learn to love life first um, and believe in it. And believe in your existence in the here and now, on this planet, just as you are. No change is necessary. And then, you know, everything will have a way of making sense and working out. Sometimes we can only face things and understand the meaning of things when we actually turn to face them and embrace them and then learn to love existence, just being. From my heart to each one of yours, have a beautiful couple of weeks, everybody, and enjoy your lives, and believe in your lives, and believe in yourselves. Thank you, Ariel. Talk to you next time. Thank you so much.
0: Good night. Oh, thank you, Anastasia. Great stories tonight. I'm really going to think about that for a while. So, uh, thank you, and uh, we'll talk to
2: you in two weeks. You bet. Okay.
0: Good night. Okay. Okay. So I am going to get uh, Lavendar's mic open, and then. Uh, Tara, get your mic open. It's spinning. Okay, hey, Tara, welcome to the show. It's so nice uh, that you can join us.
2: Aloha, Ariel and Lavendar. Thank you for being here with me. Oh, well,
0: we're looking forward to catching up with you. We haven't seen you since um, the the quest, and uh, I know you've been all over the place. So, uh, Lavendar, are you ready to
3: go? I'm ready to go. Okay. Okay. So uh, before we start, Tara, I'd like to say something about the what we just heard about the bee. That sounds like something called the Good News Bee. At one time in my life, I wanted to put a newsletter together called the Good News Bee, and that just reminded me of it. So, Tara, how is, how is Hawaii this day?
2: Hawaii is amazing. And I've been back home since the end of May after being a nomad for the past two plus years and it's um it's been quite the journey to say the least but i'm really excited to share um more of the information that has i've been holding for the last number of years as it'll really help us to know how to navigate a lot that's going on on the planet and to keep the the truth and the light on the planet as we are here for that
3: right So, uh, you know, you and I have known each other for several years now. You've been to our starseed quest in Arkansas many times, and and I I, I adore the way that you um, just listen to your spirit and take off, and you have so many wonderful uh, journeys that you've shared with me already. So what would you like to share with our audience tonight about some of the journeys that you've taken in your um, galactic shamanistic role on the planet?
2: Well, um, I was, like a lot of people, living a typical life, seemingly, and in 2016, that's when everything started shifting for me, and my life took a 180 um, turn, and it wasn't until my very first solar return reading with you in April of 2017 that things really started to shift. At that time, I was about two months into my earth shaman apprenticeship and by that time i already knew that something wasn't quite aligned in that role for me and your reading really provided a lot of deep intense information as to why i'm here on the planet and it actually affirmed a lot of what i was experiencing in my apprenticeship that even my instructor Um, I knew he wasn't going to understand and oftentimes when I would share with him what my galactic, I mean, what my shamanic journeys were like, he would be seemingly speechless and really your reading was mind blowing in the sense that my mind couldn't really wrap around what it was that you were saying to me, but it was my soul that was in total recognition of everything that you were telling me during that reading and actually that is an overall theme for all of us to be able to tune into is truly being able to witness the human mind and the human suit um, in a way that allows us to have a level of um, discernment of how we're to show up on this planet um I think that even this whole concept of self-love is something that is really important for me to share as it is really the answer for us to really know love and how to be here on the planet.
3: So tell us some about some of the journeys. You've been to Ireland. You've been to France. <laughs> you've been to all of these different places, planting crystals and seeing people and having experiences. What, what would be maybe one or two stories that you'd be able to share with us something that happened that was, you know, maybe a little flavor of high strangeness.
2: (laughs) Oh, I have plenty of those stories. Um, I will say, as you know, a lot of the assignments that we go on, we don't really share a lot of the details that are entailed in those unfoldings. And so I will keep it as simple as possible as I am to keep some of that information um, low key. But I would say that you know, with the assignments that have unfolded and the experiences and circumstances that I had to go through um, in order to really get the balance of the human experience, but also what is beyond and off this planet. I would say the, the trip that always seems to pop out in my mind out of all of them was my trip to Tibet. And as you all know, Tibet is controlled by a communist government. And they threw me in pretty quick and deep with that trip of showing me how things work out um, in terms of how our human mind may deceive us and or how galactic interventions can show us um, how, that, how that plays out. So, for example, they had me unfold a galactic assignment that put my human suit in quite A bit of fear because as you know the communist government they're looking at everything and you make one wrong move and you could cause a a situation so basically I was following the guidance of what the galactic assignment was to entail and while I was sitting there having this back and forth conversation with them telling them that this was crazy of what they wanted me to unfold but they kept telling me to keep trusting in what was to unfold. And they threw me into these deep situations where I had to really witness my human sphere and how my my mind was creating a lot of that tension. And they showed me that when I followed the guidance of what was to happen and really tuned into the frequency of truth of what it was that I was to unfold, there was nothing that was going to happen to me. And in fact, that also showed me that this whole concept of not being able to be seen on the planet because you're at a certain frequency, even though your physical body is on the planet was mind blowing because I was in a sacred site that had cameras all over the place. It had guards, it had military, it had all these types of things going on. And while I followed the guidance of the assignment I was to unfold, it was as if no one saw me which blew my mind because my human suit was terrified of what was going to happen to me if no one saw any of the things that it was doing, but it was as if no one saw me. And that blew me away because it really showed me a lot of how I needed to get in tune with how our human mind works, how our human suit works. And it also tells me more of how we're truly to be, and full ownership of this human meat suit that we're in. It's a physical vessel for us to be on the earth plane, but we really need to take ownership of how to be in, in as much clarity and as much purity of how to be in this physical vessel in order to stream through the the light quotient, the frequencies, the, the new energies that we're here to work with. Because we all have gifts. We all have energies that we come in to this lifetime with. We have coding, we have activations that we all carry that are unique to our own signature. But if our human vessel isn't clear to hold and actually unfold and create what we need to create for this planetary transformation, a lot of that gets lost. So there is a big part of um, this ownership of our human vessel through self-love that allows us to really embody in the fullness that we're to embody in. Um, I mean, I have so many stories of all the different countries that I've been to, all the different assignments, because they're all so different and had different purposes. I would work with anything from working with the grid lines and ley lines of the location to sacred sites to certain groupings of people, certain individuals, portals stargates, whatever it is, like you just run the whole gamut. It was never about my mind. It was truly listening to the guidance of why I'm here. And that actually taught me a lot because I actually used to be type A. And for me to step into this galactic shaman role, I could not be type A because I would just get in the way um, with my mind, thinking all these stories and programming that had nothing to do with the reality of, What's beyond this plane and what we're here for as star seeds on the planet? Um, I could say more, but is there anything else that you wanted me to touch upon or address?
3: Yeah. Yes. Describe this new movement and this new frequency that's to arrive on the planet. Tell us more about how you're working with
2: that. That's a great one. When I went to my first Starseed Quest, it was August of 2017, and that was when the solar eclipse happened. And that eclipse eclipsed my Athena. And from there, I got thrown in face deep with unfolding a lot of the deep personal human work. But before I got thrown in, they actually showed me the 3D matrix that exists on the planet. And when they showed that information to me, I was somewhat catatonic for a number of days. And, Lavender, you know what I'm talking about. When you're accessing or being shown this information, the human body sometimes doesn't know how to handle it. And when I was shown the 3D matrix that, was, that is on the planet, it really was mind-blowing that I can't even put into words. But basically, you know, as we know, there's been a lot of programming, a lot of conditioning that's impacted us as humans on the planet. And then we talk about the genetic coding, the even up to epigenetics and all of this, that's all within the field and how that keeps perpetuating these energies that are locked into this, these programming. Um, So the new, the new movement is actually working with different frequencies. That has nothing to do with these old frequencies and energies and programmings and ways of how humans have been showing up on the planet. Um, I like to give the reference point of radio stations. We know that we cannot be on two radio stations at the same time. So right now, you know, we have this, 3D radio station that people are tuned into. The thing is, we're here to create that new radio station for people to to tune into and actually start creating and innovating a new way of being on the planet. To clarify, will there be two radio stations existing on the planet? Yes, but the question is, which radio station are you going to choose to tune into? The new frequency that we're here to create and anchor onto the planet, it doesn't exist yet. And so there is no blueprint to even guide us or let us know how that's going to be. We need to be in a place to know how to tune into a whole other realm of streaming of information. Um, and this is where the genius energy is truly going to show up and really help us in creating and innovating the new technologies, the new ways of being and showing up on this planet. Um, I will say everything on this planet is going to change, everything, because it has to, because the old is tied into this deeply web, uh, webbed 3D matrix. And... The genius energy is really going to help us to make the transformation. And we really need to have um, the star seeds who are really going to help to make this transition start showing up. And I want to be able to start sharing the frequencies um, by teaching them how to tune into it. But how do we materialize these new frequencies on the planet? The term work does not resonate. The term business does not resonate. And even yesterday, I was talking to somebody about the, the word sales. And he was saying to me, oh, well, there's this psychology with sales where you ask somebody to buy something or convince them of something to gain sales. And you ask them six times. After the sixth time, they will say yes, even if they've been saying six, uh, no for six times. And I looked at him and I said, I will tell you right now I would say no every single time, because I've had to really work on this personal human suit to gain clarity of where I stand within myself, that I am not to be manipulated, I'm not to be playing into the old energies, I'm not here to be in the old, I'm here to create the new. And so I need that help and support at this point in time. After being in a hermit incubation for the last four years, as I've been receiving, activating, downloading, working intensely on this human suit for this time to come upon me now, to really ask for the support of the starseed to come forth to start helping me with the assignments that I know that I'm gonna need help with because I'm not to do it alone. And in fact, I know that when we get a group of starseeds together, there's a certain symphony of our codes and activations that we become really potent and impactful at that time when we know how to work with each other's unique signature, as well as tapping into new frequencies and knowing how to materialize what needs to be created here on the planet.
3: So, so Tara, what, what, what do you need from us now? Is there particular things that you would like to uh, have come your way? Uh, are you going to be uh, bringing people to Hawaii Starseeds, are you uh, taking sacred site tours? Are there things that we can support you with? Tell us what you need.
2: That's a really great question. You know, as long as currency is in play on this planet, um, that is also something that needs to be shifted in terms of the frequency around money. And there needs to be a way to shift that in so many ways. But as long as currency is on play, in play, uh, we can move so many things on the planet with with that money because that's how the world has been working. However, I will say there would be a subgroup and sub-communities that will be created on this planet to hold a different level of opportunity in terms of sustainability and that doesn't function on currency. So I'll say that. But right now I do need a, um, support in terms of even, let's say, technical support and uh, like website aspect of things, um, having a technical virtual assistant, a graphic designer, things like of a physical manner to really get a lot of this information out. But really, it's not even about only information, it's about the frequencies that are being transmitted as this information is being shared. I'm also looking for some entrepreneurs to step forward who are in the sustainability eco-friendly green space because this is so key for us to be able to come back into full unity is when we connect back to the earth to nature to the environment and that actually plays into our self-love journey as well and it's all one and the same our self-love is connecting back to the earth Um, I was telling Arielle at one point about this online summit that I've been working with in terms of highlighting some of these entrepreneurs and their companies of, you know, all different aspects of illuminating truth of what's going on on this planet from um, food sources, from clothing to health, to just everything and anything. Um, The example I gave to her was even about clothing. Like when we're, we're, closed most of the time, right? We're a typical person, we're closed most of the time. But if you look at the clothing industry, much of the clothing we're wearing is chemicals and synthetics. And it's actually one of the top industries that's creating havoc and uh, devastation on this planet because of that, Um, because of all the ways that these chemicals and clothing are being created, but also the workforce the people who are being taken advantage of, like all these things where all of it's not aligned in truth. So if we go back to the natural fabrics of organic cotton or linen or hemp or whatever it might be, not only are those crops so beneficial and using less resources to the earth, but it's also healthy for us as humans to be wearing natural clothing and plants not these synthetics, because when we look at synthetics and how they're on our bodies, they're leaching chemicals into our bodies all day long. And so how is that actually good for us and or the planet, but how is that good for us to be able to function more fully and more in a healthy manner if we're having chemicals leach into our bodies 24-7 a day?
3: I agree. So, and they also, they also put a lot of smart... smart. Um, what's it called, smart dust in clothing, which is supposed to mm. enter your system at some level so that smart can have a better connection to you. Have you heard about that? Oh,
2: <laughs> no, but I'm not surprised.
3: Yeah. So I like your that's idea actually- about, about, about looking into clothing. I think that's going to be very important. Let me um, go to another subject, the transformation of sure. women on the planet. I know that that you have strong goddess frequencies that you need to share with with women that are striving for their divine feminine and stepping into their power. Can you give us a little insight of what you're going to be doing with women?
2: Whew, my body just had a full full, uh, full amount of chills going on. Um, As we know, the history of women on this planet is devastating on so many levels and if we even reference simply the fall of the goddesses and how that just domino effect had a domino effect on everything thereafter and there's so much to say about it there is such a strong clear reason why some of us chose to incarnate in this lifetime in female bodies because we agreed to come back to this planet to, to really clear a lot of those energies that exist on the planet that has kept women in a certain place of pain, oppression, not truth, everything. And for me, when I chose to come back as um, As a woman in this female body, as I've been doing the personal deep work, it's been mind-blowing for me to see the impacts of the stories and the conditionings and the programmings as a woman showing up on this planet and the experiences that came with that. And seeing it from past, present, and future, um, it's, it's beyond and so as I've gone through my work and continue to go through my work and witnessing other women struggling with how a lot of things don't resonate with them or that they feel like they're um, not showing up on the earth plane as fully as they'd like to, I mean, we, this is part of the new. This is part of the new transformation and the new energies that are be- to be here because it's about balance this planet is overly masculine and so we need to know how to balance back into this fluidity and flow of the masculine and the, and the feminine in a, in like a, in a uh, harmonious flow, and ebb and flow of how that's to play out on the planet. I know a lot of people talk about the divine feminine and the divine masculine and it, honestly, there is a focus on how to understand what divine masculine is because nobody actually knows what that is and it hasn't really existed on this planet. And that's actually going to be part of this new movement because it's actually an aligned, balanced way of putting things into action. It's not going to be putting into things into action out of the old energy of being overly masculine, based out of fear, based out of control, based out of all these things that have led us to be out of alignment and not taking full ownership of the meat suit. So for women, I really want to be here to show them the different tools and skills to witness a lot of these programs and conditionings that have kept them in a certain place of suffering and codependency. Codependency is a big, big, big thing that we're here to clear off the planet and really up spiral into the new of freedom. Um, As you, you and I both know, Lavender, there's a lot of different factors that play into what has affected this planet. But that's one of the things I wanted to say, too, is we want to be able to focus on what we're here to create. We don't want to get sucked into the, the drama, the codependency of taking on other people's pain or whatever. We need to let everybody take full ownership of themselves in the way that they're meant to. Um, and for women, as you know, the way that women have shown up on the planet is that we're supposed to do everything. We take on everything. We work to caretake in a way that's been out of balance. And it's actually robbed us of our own true essence of how we're to really be here on the planet. Because even women, I mean, we've been overly masculine, and I'm guilty of that as well. In my previous um, way of being on the planet, you know, in my typical life, I was overly masculine then as a type A Kind of way of functioning, and so even through that, as I was letting go, a lot of that really deconditioning and deprogramming. It takes a lot of layers to go through this, and because I have been going through this, and really knowing how to harness my own unique signature of who I am and why I'm here on the planet, it allows me to know how I can truly guide other women. To know how to show up for themselves in that way too and this is a key part of the planetary balance that's to happen here is this to like disregard men or anything on the planet no it just means that women we we do have a certain role here on the planet of how to shift the energies and the frequencies on this planet to really bring things back things back into balance and for us to truly create from a space of truth and alignment
3: so I wanted to ask you about your assignment there in Hawaii with Paley and the volcano. You know, you seem mm. to be drawn to certain places like ley lines, the grids, volcanoes. Is there anything in particular you'd like to share with our audience about what's happening with, with, with Goddess Paley there in Hawaii? Anything that you can share Ooh. with us? Maybe you know it. I know it's pretty private, but if there's something, yeah. some message you can give to us from Paley, we would really love to hear it. Just take a deep breath. It's coming. Are you still there? I'm here. Okay. Go ahead. Anything you want to share with us?
2: For right now, what I will share, the volcanoes on the planet, there's a lot of potent frequencies that lie within the volcanoes on the planet. And yes, I have been called to various volcanoes around the world for a lot of different reasons. And there is more work that is going to unfold from it. And basically, these volcanoes hold the keys to the next wave of what's going to happen on this planet. And what I'll say is... This planet needs to go through a number of different stages of clearing. And so it's really important for us as star seeds on the planet to really start having the boundaries and discernment of what is ours to take on and what is ours to leave and, and let it be. We do need to create those boundaries of coming within ourselves to really harness the true essence that's within us. Because when we do that, that is how we are of service to the planet. Because a lot of people will ask and be worried and anxious. How am I to be of service? What can I do to be of service? My simple yet not so simple answer is to be of service to yourself. You need to do the personal work in order to truly harness why you're here. And when you do that, you build up the energetic frequencies and hold that point for the rest of the planet as other people need to go through what they need to go through. But our focus is to harness our own energies and frequencies so that we can anchor as much ease as possible for this planet to go through the transformation. Because I will say that there will be plenty of things unfolding on this planet that will not be easy for humans to go through, but it needs to happen in order for this transformation to occur. So our roles here on the planet, we have we have many different roles, but we need to know how we're to stay focused on what we're here to hold, what we're here to create, and what we're here to anchor onto the planet and to not get pulled in to all the things that are of the old frequency and those aspects of life that play out that are not aligned in truth. The volcanoes, they will do its thing. Um, I, can't, I won't talk about all the different volcanoes here um, on the planet, but Pele definitely holds a certain, how do I say this, T, to not only clearing what's to be on the planet, but the fire of creation. That's what I'll say. Very don't you
3: also for now. maybe that? Don't you think that the volcanoes are part of getting ready for a new root race to come to the planet?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. There's so much lying in these volcanoes that it like blows my mind, and some of it. As you know, Lavender, you know, some of this information I hold and I hold and I hold and I know that there's always going to be the timing to let me know when to share the information. And that's actually been part of the galactic training is to really know this human suit of what kind of information do you know you're to just hold and not feel like there's some kind of pressure or stress that you're supposed to or have to or expect. Expected to share with the planet and this is where the, the discernment lies and what are the gifts that we're here to understand about you know ourselves because we all have different gifts and but we also need to know how to hold the sacredness and the depth of some of these energies of information that comes through i think that there's this spiritual epidemic on the planet where people are feeling like they need to save the planet or save people or save, 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 or whatever, you know, and this comes from the wounded healer kind of energy. This comes from victimization. This comes from not truth. And so when we delve into the self love aspect of work, we come from a place of strength. We come from a place of clarity. We come from a place of being a pure physical vessel for this earth plane. So that then we can really show up in the highest frequency of the work that we're here to unfold and create and anchor onto the planet so that we don't keep coming from the old dense energy of um, serving out of sacrifice.
3: Right. And you know what I've discovered recently was, was that the pictures that I've been seeing about goddess, goddess, never sacrifices for anything or anyone. God is only manifest. Yes. yes, yes,
2: yes, And I want to be able to break that down and help people to understand what that actually means. And so with that being said, it's so important to have real, grounded, practical ways of knowing what that means. I know I shared with you in my recent Solar Return reading that, you know, this. there needs to be a shift of how this, quote, spiritual community has been, you know, showing up. And there really needs to be a different octave of understanding what, quote, spiritual even means. I mean, I actually have to be honest, even the word, the term spiritual doesn't resonate with me because the energies that have been attached to that are not aligned in truth. And a lot of it, you know, it's not just about love and light. There needs to be a balance of working with what we're here to clear what we're here to elevate in as we clear, but we need to hold the understanding at a higher level of what that means for us as star seeds on the planet
3: absolutely absolutely well uh, can can people contact you through your through your um, uh, email can we give your email address to people if they want to um, contact you or we're really needing some people to, to help you with technology and websites and things if there's people out there that can do that can I give them your email address
2: absolutely I I think that it's actually in the bio for this uh, radio show page and I also, also want to say that I'm here to work with people who are ready to really be launched off the cliff. This is what I'm here for, in the sense that I see myself as a as a type of bee, where I'm pollinating different flowers and letting them bloom and do their natural thing, you know, here on Earth. And the way that I see this uh, planetary transformation happening on the planet is that it's going to come in waves. It's going to have different stages. And so, what's really important is for each star seed to really tune in and see where are they at in their life of whether or not, you know, this current stage or wave is their wave that they're to be riding or do they need to wait a little bit longer? So this is actually tuning into alignment, right? This is not about the human mind saying, oh, my God, I need to be of service. I need to be of service because we always want to ask, what is the energy behind the action? If we're coming from a place of the wounds, Yeah.
3: I've often said that we have to kind of, we star seeds. it isn't our time to rise yet because certain yes. things have to happen before we rise yes. because when we rise, we will rise and make a big difference on the planet because we're bringing the new blueprint. Exactly.
2: Blueprints. Exactly. Yeah. And what happens, is, so what I'm here to assist in is to create that tipping point for the planet where then the dominoes just really start to fall after that. That's why there's all these different stages because that's realistically how it's gonna happen. It's are these different waves, these just these different stages. And star seeds are here to be the the trailblazers for that. And so you need to recognize, okay, what is my timing of how I'm to show up in that way on those waves to create that tipping point for the planet. Because like like you have said, Lavender, it's, it's we rise together, but when we're rising together, we're gonna have these different ways for us to really rise together to create that tipping point for the planet to really make this planetary transformation the way that it needs to. Because when I tune into the phrase planetary sustainability, the thing that hits me so clearly in between the eyes is humanity. And so, it really needs to be the ownership of humans how we show up in the human suit for this planet to really flourish and for us humans to really be existing and showing up and creating and being in the fullest capacity that we're meant to be here for there's no more suffering that we're here to keep perpetuating
3: so your your email address is starseedshaman3 at gmail dot com, starseedshaman three at gmail dot com. I see what time it is, and I'd like to pass you over to my co- co-host Arielle at this time. She sure. does have the the switchboard. Thank you so much for being our guest tonight, and I do want to talk to you later. And I have some things yes. I want to email to you. Uh, I have written some things that I want to to share with you, so I'll be I'll be emailing you in the next two or three days. Okay. So great. Back Thank to you, you Art- so much. Okay, wow, you are so
0: inspiring, and um, as I'm as I'm listening, I'm I, you know I'm kind of getting this the uh, kind of a, a picture of um, there's almost like a soup that's boiling but it's not quite ready to eat. <laughs> you know? um, with so I mean yeah. there's so much stuff going on with with um, Mother Nature um, in all yeah. in all four, all four elements. And um, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, so I wanted to ask you um, what that's like fast forward, and as, as mm. all of these things unfold, as people wake up, mm. as star steeds rise up, um, yeah. what ultimately, what is your vision for the, the state of planet Earth after we go through all of this? Can you mm, tell me what what you really imagine it um, I mean obviously there's <laughs> gonna be more balance between masculine and yeah. feminine um yeah. and uh, a a a way of life that does not pollute um yeah. so I mean give me some more examples of of what you see as the result of all of us you know working together. To, to help usher in and, um, and bring in this, this new root race
2: to the planet? Mm-hmm. That's a really great question. I will say that there are so many things that I can say and talk about and reference, um, but I am just really grateful for the starting point to be able to share a lot of this information. Um, because as Lavinar knows, I, I see the future. I mean, I come back from the future. I, I see what's ahead of us in a way where it blows my mind because then it's like, wow, what are the steps and all the different creations and phases that we need to get through to reach um, what it is that I can see that's ahead of us? Honestly, you know, as we know, everything is about energy, energy. And when humans, humanity, truly come back home to their true essence through self-love, that's the only way that we can truly know love on the planet. I remember during my reading with Lavendar a few months ago, we were talking about the program on the planet in regard to the concept of love. And it is a program because the program – of how people think they know what love is is not actually truly clearly purely love because they think they know what love is but you actually need to know what love is and the only way that you're going to know love is through self-love and our self-love is connecting back to earth because we're one of the same and that's why I was saying earlier you know with these eco-friendly, sustainable green companies, for example, just clothing, like you just look at clothing in itself. If we love ourselves enough to wear organic fibers that's better for our bodies, but then intrinsically it's healthy for the planet as well, like it comes in full circle. Like that's the unity that we're looking for um, to be in. And also, I want to be able to spark a whole new awareness of what's happening on this planet. I want to be able to be in a place to inspire these choices for people um, as they, you know, learn these new uh, levels of awareness of what's going on on the planet, but how to take care of themselves. But then it's also deepening your self-love, which is actually the focus for us as humans on the planet. And so when, when more and more of us really commit and show up in the practice of self-love. We're building the energies on the planet for ultimately that new radio station that's to be here. And the more that we do that, the more that this um, this new is going to show up and materialize on the earth plane. I actually also want to be able to support people on how to tune into it and how to work with it because what already exists now on the planet, I, I – It just doesn't resonate because it's not the new. The new hasn't landed yet, but I need to get my starseed family support for us to come together to create the new. So you asked about what is that going to look like? Well, when we tune into the frequency of truth, which involves self-love, it allows for us to be free, truly be free, because we know on this planet all the stories and the programmings and the conditionings and the systems and everything that's unfolded on the planet is based out of not truth. And we're not free. We're not truly sovereign. And when we can tap into more and more of what it is to be free, the energetics on the planet will shift. That's how energy works. And that's how it's going, that's why we need to really commit ourselves. So when someone says or asks, how can I be of service? My first and foremost answer will be, be of service to yourself first, because that is the way that you can truly harness not only your unique signature, but your gift and the reason why you're here to really have a potent impact energetically on this planet. And as Lavender says, we walk among them and not with them. And that's how we do it, is to to really create those boundaries from, you know, the drama and the densities and the 3D matrix so that we're here to create the new and, for lack of a better word, hope for the planet and for this new to come into play. It will be the next two to three years. what's going to seem like a pedal to the metal. And so the next two to three years, it's going to be a bit rough. And after those two to three years, we're going to be facing a whole other level of uh, um, things to take care of on the planet because of what's going to be happening in the next two or three years. But in about 10 years' time, it's kind of when we're needing to do a sort of plateauing um, uh, plateauing kind of a flow to really integrate and adjust to all that's happened in in the 10 years previous to, what is it, 2021? About uh, 2031, 2032, 2033 is probably about when we're really needing to plateau on all the shifts that have happened on the planet. So really it's about us coming into the truth of our own unique, Signature meaning we get to just be free to be us. We're not dictated by these um, expectations or these systems or these institutions. Like when I think about education, I don't even resonate with the word school because there will be new terminology, new, new everything that we're going to be referencing that has no reference point on the planet yet.
0: You know, when I, while you were explaining this um i had the thought that if humans are part of mother nature
3: mm-hmm. if you don't
0: love mother nature you can't love yourself yeah and there's no way there's it's no true. way you could love yourself and not mother nature you can't separate it but people um exactly you know, tend to think that um that they do love themselves but they're separate from mother nature and that's mm. a dead end. You know, that's, that's, it is that's a dead just a, a dead end. And, you know, it really lifted my heart to hear Anastasia talk about these people who are coming up with ideas to, to clean up the oceans, to, to stop, you know, yes. polluting. And over the last, you know, several months, she's brought out more stories like that, like states that, that no longer allow this, you know, like a certain chemical or no more plastic straws. Um, only you yes. know only paper you know all the the recycling and mm-hmm. we really have to start um, reconnecting with with yeah. the earth with Mother Nature and that yeah. in itself um, is very empowering.
2: Absolutely, and, and, you know,
0: and to to unplug, um, you know, it seems like there are. Like, like a chasm could happen with the people who are, you know, back to nature, um, sustainable, organic, um, you know,
3: mm-hmm. something
0: that can continue to go. And then there's the other side of the equation where people are wanting to be more um, like cyborg. And, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I saw an ad the other day on TV and it just, I mean, I stood there it's like, oh, my Oh, my God, that can't be real. But, it, you know, for people that yeah. have diabetes, there's a thing that you wear and it transmits to your cell phone all the time. Oh so, gosh. I mean, that's just like the tip of the iceberg to where, you know, people are so hooked up with technology that they can't yeah. get back to Mother Nature. And, and yeah. I really see there's, I mean, there's a movement in one direction to return to nature and sustainable practices and then there's a movement in the other direction to dehumanize and turn everyone into robots and
2: zombies. Exactly. <laughs> and then that's, that's a little dramatic, but you get my point. Yes, absolutely. That's why it's so important for us to really keep focus on what we're here to create, to really keep focus of the energies and the frequencies we're here to hold and have those boundaries from the, as you were saying, this dehumanization and this technology aspect that is getting out of out of hand in its own way. But the way that I see it is that the more that we keep creating these aligned truth energies and frequencies, it will naturally weed out um, these other creations that are happening that are not aligned in truth. And so that's why it's important for us to know um, how to how to navigate what's going on on this planet and just it is one step at a time one step at a time because it can be overwhelming if we start getting sucked into just the craziness of what is seemingly happened on this planet. And it's part of why I was in a hermit mode too, because I had to keep my field as clear as possible to really tune into what I was to tune into, to to really connect to what needed to be connected to. Because if I was constantly being um, interrupted or, distracted by all these energies that aren't aligned in truth, it would have made it very difficult for me to unfold all the work that I've unfolded so far and will continue to unfold, but now with the support of my Starseed family. I mean, I don't watch TV, I don't watch the news, my phone is usually not on, like all these things that allowed for me to stay present, to stay present in my being, to stay present in my human vessel as clearly as possible. Does this mean that we have to be perfect? No, that does not exist. It just means that we need to create a relative balance that works for that particular individual of even how their human uh, physical body is made up in terms of DNA. Uh, I know I didn't talk about this either, but I know one of my main projects on SHIFT is DNA and how I oversee it and how I work with how to create sending star seeds down onto the planet. And so that's gonna be also something that I'll be working with down the line. But I need to trust in unfolding the knowingness of what I'm here to unfold on the planet because I am here for a lot of different assignments, but I just need to be as clear as possible to listen to how I am to show up and create that, but also here to support and guide other star seeds to also assist in the transformation of the planet. Very well said. So um,
0: you want to talk a little bit more about the, the summit that you've got coming up? Um, do you have a date? Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: That's a great question. Um, <laughs> short story, Short answer is I have been aiming for October 20th for my online summit. And this online summit, I'm really creating, like, we say this and putting it into work? I, I really sometimes struggle with human language because it's very limited and very limiting. Oftentimes, I just want to beam the frequency of the information so you can just latch onto the expansiveness of what it is I'm, I'm referencing, but really create this amazing, inspiring, illuminating, activating container for those attending the summit to really, yes, illuminate truth of what's happening on this planet, for them to really connect to the information that's going to be presented in this summit, for them to really be inspired in whatever way that's to show up for that individual. I'm going to highlight entrepreneurs who are in the sustainable, eco-friendly, green space and their companies. And I want to be highlighting these entrepreneurs and their specific um, personal stories of what it was in their human journey that led them to even create these products or services and company. Because the way that I see it is when I look at these specific starseed entrepreneurs, I see that they have specific codings within their field. And that when they learn how to truly embody the unique signature of their frequencies and codings on this planet and how they develop their products and services and how they create um, their businesses on so many levels of ethical and sustainable practices from sourcing to packaging to just everything, you know, that you name it, of what they um, utilize to create their their products and their company on the earth plane. The thing is, is that when they truly harness the potency of their own coding and they really take ownership of their human suit, that frequency is so high in the way that they, what they can create and how they impact the people that they hire within their company. And this is how we light up the grid on the planet. It's through these entrepreneurs of how they're, um, showing up and helping with lighting up certain frequencies and codings on the planet to create this planetary transformation. So there's going to be um, entrepreneurs in the clothing space, um, in the food space, in um, personal care space, in the cleaning space, like everything. And I want to be able to just give a flavor of the, the variety of things that we do and use when we show up in our daily life. Um, yeah, this is a way for people to really be inspired um, of how they can show up for themselves and their self-love, how they can be connected back to the earth, how they can be building up the energies that are to create this new frequency and movement on the planet. It's really just an exciting next level uh, wave for us to be riding right now in the midst of all this chaos that's happening on the planet. Um, And as we know, currency is energy. And currency has a lot of empowerment in it in the sense that when we put an energetic um, part of living in this world like money into aligned truth, the more that we put currency that's aligned in truth, the more that we even keep building up the energies in that way of what can materialize onto the earth plane of more love and unity on the planet. So that's also another aspect to understand the way that we can shift the frequency around money is to be from a space of alignment and truth and love.
0: Well, did you, did you pick October 20th, um, out of the, you know, just out of the hat, or, oh. I mean, you probably, you probably know that on October 20th, um, this year anyway, the sun is at galactic degree in Libra, which is ultimate balance, and then you got oh, Mars wow. conjunct the sun, which gives it the, 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 the energy and the fuel, Mercury also in Libra on that day, um, Jupiter the unlimited expansion and growth is that mastership degree in Aquarius, and that will bring out these these technologies, you know, futuristic yes. um, or ancient, you know, like going back to Atlantis or going farther into the future, but, you know, with Jupiter at that degree, um, you picked a really good date. <laughs>
2: um,
0: and not to mention
2: thank you so much.
0: Yeah, not to mention that, that Venus will be in Sagittarius, which is freedom, mm. truth, the feminine. Um, and also, I mean, if it's, uh, the moon may be a little iffy, If you know, in the evening it'll be in Taurus and that's about money, uh, you know, so, <laughs> uh, and values and belief systems and all of that. But um, when, when you said, when I said, when is it, uh, that's when I, I just went and I took a quick look and it's like, okay you're on it.
2: Oh, I love that, Arielle. Thank you so much for, for highlighting and illuminating that. Um, I did just go by <laughs> my intuitive feels of what date to pick. So I love, I love <laughs> knowing those details. And it always happens that way. And I think that that is, this is like a great example of showing up into tuning into what feels in flow and what's in alignment when we're constantly putting ourselves in that practice of alignment and listening to our own rhythms and guidance. Because as we know, when we get too far up into the head and we start running all these stories, we get off track. And so I think that there have been a number of times where you know, I've talked to you or emailed you or going to Quest or whatever, you would always, always share these amazing synchronicities of timing and information that always makes me laugh because it's always like that when we're tuning in in that way. Have I learned through human mistakes? Absolutely. But those were the ways that I was to learn, you know, the the things I needed to learn about the human suit and how we're to – Really, keep witnessing ourselves and what what we're doing and how we're showing up on this planet.
0: Yeah. Well, your your internal guidance system is right on the beam because <laughs> that's awesome. that's a great date. Now, October twenty first wouldn't work because <laughs> the sun will be in, in the next sign. Um, well, that oh, no, might wow. be a critical degree, but um, yeah, yeah. So, good choice. And when you talk to Lavendar, you. you might, you know, she might be able to fine tune that a little bit as far as the time of day. Um, you okay.
3: know,
0: yeah. I mean, if you want the Moon in Aries, that would be early, earlier on, like in the morning, and that's that's good for okay. new beginnings. Um, oh. Yeah. So when you when you talk to Lavendar, maybe that's something you can you can take a look at and and really, you know, fine tune the um, the time of the day. To make sure you, you scoop up as much um, um, energy well it 's just the moment I mean, wind at your back, you know you can yes. have your wind at, at yes. your back, so you 're not fighting planetary energy while you 're trying to do the work so uh, but your <laughs> your internal guidance was right on
2: awesome well, the way that this online summit is going to work is that i 'm going to launch the online summit, and so as you said, the timing of it, you know, the timing of when I launch it, but then what happens after that launch on the 20th is when then each successive day after that, like if I have 10 entrepreneurs that I'm highlighting in the summit, 10 days after that launch on the 20th, each day I'm highlighting a civic entrepreneur so it's kind of like an encore type thing, but I'm actually just focusing on one entrepreneur at a time. But I'm launching the entire summit on that one day. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does, and that's okay. that's, that's perfect. Well, um, I was just about to uh, kind of wrap it up here, and I noticed that we have a we have a caller um, in the in the screening room waiting to uh, talk to you. Let's just see if. Um, if their question is on topic. Which is why okay. our producers our producers make sure that um that callers are on topic as you know. Yeah. You just never want to hand anybody a live mic if you don't know what they're about to say. Yeah. yeah I learned that the hard way. Um yeah. but, you know, <laughs> so we'll just okay. um, give her <laughs> Just you know, give her a minute. So I and mean, this is this summit yes. will be completely online so anybody in the yes. entire world can can yes. um, can be
2: there. Yes. And some of these companies will have an international reach and some of them won't, but that doesn't really matter because really it's really sparking this new movement and inspiring people all over the world of being, having this access to this truth that will be illuminated in a different frequency. So, I mean, I could say a lot more about it, but just keeping it simple in that way. And plus, this is a start. It's a start of this next wave of what we're here to create um, and unfold on the planet. And I will really, I definitely wanted to come back to what you were saying before about, you know, this whole waste thing and certain, like, technologies or things that are coming about about planetary sustainability um, in terms of the Earth and things that we're using. I do know for a fact that with this genius energy that's going to be landing on this planet, we will be finding ways to know what to do with all the havoc that's been wreaked on this planet. But does that mean that we continue you know, creating and using things on the planet that aren't good for us and the Earth? No. But I will say that there will be new technologies and new ways to go about clearing up all the devastation that has happened on this planet based on what humanity has done so far. But there is a way to address all of it, and it will be coming in the future. Absolutely.
0: Well, our caller is ready. Um, You're going to talk to Hugh. Let me get the mic open. Hello, Hugh. You are on the air with Tara. Go ahead with your comment.
4: Hi, uh, Tara. I love everything that you're doing. I don't know how you pick up on my voice with residents, but uh, I am fully in support of what you're doing and have a lot of very powerful strategies. I don't sell anything, but I want to be a blessing to as many people as I can, in the time I have left, I'll be Seventy-seven next month and I've had quite a bizarre life. I've had UFO, mm-hmm. paranormal near death with ongoing paranormal and very powerful documentable synchronicities and I'm non-partisan when it comes to politics but you'll see even letters from presidents to me related to the economy they like to tell me what they're doing but they don't want to know what I can do to help be a blessing to people so,
3: and that's <laughs> all going to
4: shift like you said and I'd love to Help you with everything you're doing because my last name also has global recognition in the food service field. I'm committed to empowering women yeah. and indigenous people in my work and feeding people body, mind, and spirit. And I, I, I have a lot of things that I can do to really dumb it down that I put in interviews, especially I'm um, after the elites, these uh, people are trying to hijack America and the whole world, and I have ways to plug up the money pipelines and bring transparency back toward them, mm. like a Pac-Man game of transparency to force them to change their ways or be dealt with uh, legally. And I say election day is every day you buy a product. So if you're buying lead-based painted toys out of China through Walmart – uh, your kids mm. don't have a choice but you do it's documentable yeah. on the internet a lot of people don't even know a few years ago walmart paid a fine of 82 million dollars for dumping pesticides down storm drains they paid the fine it's in now uh, the consciousness of people but what's to stop them to do it again we are when we say i'm not going to buy from a company that's doing that anymore so i say that Every company today, you can have the best product, the best customer service. It's no longer enough. You have to be good to your employees, your customers, the environment, and give back to the community in ethical, legal, moral ways. And the host that is interviewing you had mentioned something very important. These technologies, uh, they have the upper hand right now, and I'm very concerned uh, with where things are going with Artificial intelligence, robotics, and automation. So that's where I want to help you do the shift with humanity. uh, To be very careful on how these technologies are going to be utilized. That's a big plan. I think they're looking to chip everyone once they can scare them enough with these COVID-19 type things. But I, I, you know, I've been living the COVID-19 lifestyle since 2007 after a near death experience, and I just. I feel a divine protection, and it's just raising my uh, consciousness to love and gratitude and being in nature, which I say is God's classroom, and uh, that has helped me. Uh, people are amazed because I've been told I should be dead back in 2008. They were saying that to me in the veterans' Healthcare care system. But I don't want to uh, take up too much of your time, but if the uh, host can give you my phone number, we can connect off there, and I can... Uh, start uh, working with you and your networks. We all have networks and that's what people have mm-hmm. to realize. We can uh, start expanding them and monetizing them with uh, strategies. Okay. Sure.
0: Well, you, and I'm, I also I'm, I'm, have... I'm writing down your phone number for Tara, but you can also write down her email.
4: Yeah, I don't is... do the email or texting. That's why I appreciate you sharing okay, my yes. number.
0: Okay. Oh, okay.
4: And I can also Uh, help your network, too. I think I've reached out in the past, but there's a lot more information on the Internet right now on a big website, which is www.rootingoutcorruption.weebly.com. And uh, there's uh, an interview I did with a cybersecurity expert. If you put uh, Dave interviews, Hugh and Bayside Live TV, uh, you'll be able to hear me discuss some of the things I said and come to that big website from the interview.
2: Mm-hmm. okay well great thank you for so sharing i have all
4: that well no it's that's what i'm here yeah. to do it's a blessing i i just happen to come on so synchronistically i think things are behind the scenes uh, you'll never see it if you're just focusing on mainstream media but there's a lot of wonderful things happening uh, that people aren't aware of and so it's just a, a question of collaborating and uh, keep connecting and expanding with all these positive energies there's two basic energies And we have free will to go either way, negative or positive. So uh, there's karma attached to both. So I think it's time as people see that the negative isn't the best. It doesn't mean you're not going to be tested with the positive. That's where the heart to God connection comes in. If it's solid, you'll see a way through anything.
2: Well,
0: thank you so much for calling, Hugh. And I'll be sure to give Tara your phone number so she can reach out to you. And... um, We'll look forward to hearing what you have to say um in the future. So feel free to call in and join us anytime.
4: Okay? Thank you again. God bless everyone. Okay. Prayer is very powerful too. Aloha. Just... Aloha. Bye bye.
0: Okay, well Atara, I will email you um this phone number that I just copied down and uh Sure. And you can you can collaborate. So um, this has just been a wonderful show. I'm so glad that you were able to be with us this evening. And um, you you might want to think about coming back um, just, you know, sometime in early, early October, maybe towards the end of September, to remind people mm-hmm. about the summit. And yeah. um, just make sure, you know, we can help you promote that. And um, anything we can do, you know we will.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah, if any of the Starseeds out there feel any deep resonance with whatever it is, but even specifically this online summit, that would be great in terms of um, the tech support, um, just everything involved to support me in this because I I do handle a lot of different frequencies and the bandwidth that I have to put the energy into these kinds of things, I know I'm to pass that on to other people who are better equipped and have the bandwidth for that. So I yeah. wanna recognize yeah. that that that's important. So thank you. Yes. Yeah. Well you are so welcome. I'm
0: giving you a big hug and we'll look yay, forward yay, to, big um, to you. Yeah, we'll look forward to have you stop by, you know, just to remind people about the summit. Like I said, one of the shows towards the end of September, the beginning of October. And um, we love you.
2: Oh, love you too. And all of you out there who are doing the best that you can and just know that we're going to be hitting a whole other level, um, and that we're to be better supported and guided and how to show up in that aligned, truthful and loving way. Wonderful. So that is it for us tonight, everyone. And, uh,
0: we'll be back two weeks from tonight and, um, once again, if you want to email Tara, it is is shaman three, and that's the numeral three at gmail.com. So best of everything to you, sweetie. And we'll talk to you in Thank the not you. too distant future. Okay. Yes. Okay, awesome. great. So everyone, <clears throat> thanks for listening and we'll talk to you in about two weeks. Take care.